Modern Casserole is a podcast of three hungry women. We met working at a food magazine, and each week we talk about food, culture, what we cooked, and what we ate in San Diego and beyond. I'm Olivia, and this is Modern Casserole. Felicia, I know you went up to L.A. last week. Did you... Did you eat anything good up in LA? It was fun. I actually got to go to um, uh, what I did not know this, but the oldest fishmonger in California. Um, it's called Dockside Seafood Market. And apparently they are sustainable, locally caught. Um, and I I think they have a few branches around town and they, they're at a lot of farmer's markets, but they actually have a storefront right down the street from my aunt's house. So. I went in there and got some really gorgeous, big, huge chunks of salmon, and um, I did this this salmon recipe that I I like to do um, with just tons of herbs. I I use take my magic bullet, which uh, you guys know I love. I'm obsessed I love it with it. Yeah, it's great. Right? I don't I don't know how I lived without it before. I use it for salad dressings and marinades and everything except smoothies. Actually, I don't. smoothies but I brought it with me I'm that guy like when I go to cook at other people's houses I bring my own pot for Tadiq and I bring my own magic bullet for my herbs and (laughs) so it's it's kind of I was gonna say did you have any tricks for like yeah cooking on the road especially for like a group of I think what did you say was going to be about eight people for the for the dinner yeah. Well, I bring my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I've learned actually after cooking at my mom's house a lot that I can't rely on anybody to have the ingredients or the tools. Cause you know, I'll say, Oh, you know, make sure you have cilantro and there'll be like a few sprigs waiting for me. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I meant like 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I meant like a bushel. So I, I've started just kind of bringing my own like key ingredients, things that would be trickier to find there. And then um, any, any tools that are kind of like, I have my own a rice pot that works really well for crispy rice. So I always bring that if I'm making rice and, in this case, I knew I was going to be making this um, salmon marinade, so I brought the bullet. So we ended up going up there with more bags of, like, food and kitchen supplies than, like, toiletries and, and clothing. It was kind of funny. <laughs> That's so. great. Awesome. Yeah, so, so how ha- do you make this salmon? <laughs> All right. So this is a very easily adaptable salmon. I take just tons of herbs and it really works with absolutely anything you have on hand, but uh, my go-tos are usually um, like a huge handful of dill, cilantro, um, basil of any kind, um, and scallions or spring onions, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of lime juice. I usually throw in like maybe a thumb of ginger. If people like spicy, which I do, I'll usually throw in a chunk of jalapeno too. A couple things of garlic. There were some food aversions um, at this particular gathering. So I left out the the garlic and the the, uh, jalapeno, but it still just turned out beautiful. You blend it up um, and you heavily salt and pepper the fish itself. And then you just coat it in this bright green really citrusy herb marinade and um 
I cover it and bake it in the oven, let it kind of all steep together for a while. And then at the end, we just blast it under the broiler to kind of crisp the edges and some of the herbs. And it's really good. I love baking fish. It's like, it's such an easy kind of forgiving way and it, to prepare it. It's so fast. Um, Cause it, I mean, it, you can generally, depending on the size of the, the filet or whatever it is that you're cooking and the density of it, but generally it's done in like 10, 12 minutes and blasting another broiler adds that nice little char to the top. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. It doesn't stick like on the grill. It's, I mean, I love grilled fish, but it it's, you're right. Baking's more foolproof. Like yeah. what's your favorite baked fish preparation? <laughs> oh, me? Um, I do I do a lot of baked salmon too. Oh, what's what's nice about it too is if you get the salmon on the skin. Um some some people don't like the skin. My son loves salmon skin. So it it it's nice because if you just leave the skin on, you bake it skin side down, then you can apply whatever type of sauce or marinade you you want. Like if it's a big filet slab what I'll actually do is kind of um how do you describe that when you like cut into the meat but not all the way score so it score it there we go yeah so yeah. I'll score it you know about an inch or so down and then I'll I'll season it and marinate it or whatever um but I do like baking salmon that's probably one of the, the easier ones it's just, it's just the most common fish that people tend to what's like, your right? go-to marinade like your throw together easy marinade oh god there's so many of them I don't I don't really know, honestly. Like, um, I love this one that I do with tahini and maple syrup and a little bit of Dijon and some sesame seed and um, white pepper. White pepper is really good with seafood versus black pepper, in my opinion. So that's a nice, nice little touch of spice, but not over because black pepper can sometimes be a little overpowering, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when you, when you bake the salmon with the skin down and always use parchment paper, ladies, um, the meat will kind of just peel really easily off the skin. Like it'll lift right off of the skin and then you have the skin and I'll crisp that up and my son eats it like chips. How do you do the crisping of the skin? Like, is that under the broiler or do you do that on a pan? I just do it in a pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll normally just like save the skin for him and do it in a pan and it crisps up like bacon. Oh, I've never done wow. that. How, how do you do that exactly? Like with oil or? No, because there's, like... I mean, depending on the quality of the salmon you get, um, salmon typically is already very fatty. If you're getting a wild salmon, um, that's going to be a lot more leaner. So you want to add an oil. But um, if it's a farm raised one, there's definitely... most likely enough fat to support it and you don't you don't need to add any oil like it'll it'll just render fat like bacon does oh great yeah so like wild let it let it go on both sides and it gets nice and crispy and it's like super crunchy um you can sprinkle them with a little salt i've been to restaurants where they serve it with guacamole so it's kind of like chips and dip it's kind of wild what about you olivia what's do you do you eat fish at home I do. Not as much as I would like to, um, as far as fresh fish, but actually something that I'm really into right now are canned like mackerel and canned sardines. And, you know, of course I'm sure people would assume that's because of like quarantine, you know, status, but it actually has been going on for at least a year before now. And I think it was what at first kind of, you know, was attractive was like thinking like, oh, it's just nice to have in the pantry. It's always like a go-to thing. And it was different than tuna, like just a different, a little bit different of a flavor profile and, you know, really high levels of omega-3s, which are, you know, really great for um, your health. So, you know, 
that was kind of like where it started and I just kind of got into it and I I find what that What do you I, do with it? Ex- I find sardines exactly. so intimidating. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually really like to kind of build a really citrusy salad. Um, something I've been making a lot of is um, a cauliflower tabbouleh um, with the wild-caught mackerel. And um, so I just use rice cauliflower kind of as the bulgur wheat substitute and tons of herbs. So I'm with you. Like, I don't need a few sprigs. I need a couple like a pound or two of herbs and you know depending on when I'm making it I'll have you know even cilantro in the mix mint is always of course really great and parsley and dill literally just any greens that I have and if I only have one kind I'm just using one but just lots and lots of herbs so um, that's kind of how I build it the with the cauliflower rice all the herbs and then like at least two lemons worth of juice maybe three. It really just depends on the lemon and how tart they are. But I just keep tasting it until I kind of get that like zing, that like tang. And of course, lots of salt and um, black pepper and olive oil, just really good olive oil and mix that all together. And I always find it gets, you know, better and better as it kind of sits for a little bit. And then I I just top that with um, the wild mackerel or sardines or something like that. And it pairs really beautifully because of that citrus because of that citrus punch and the fish for me it's like it's great yeah are they very fishy or is it more salty no honestly they're to me sardines i think are a little bit stronger in the flavor um so i do kind of gravitate more to the mackerel um for this type of preparation and i actually think it's almost a a great substitute for for tuna like Hmm. i've even thought about just using it for making like a you know a mackerel salad you know like instead of a tuna fish salad or something like that um, i guess that's like the white fish salad right that's like a yeah a twist on a tuna it doesn't salad. have the smoky flavor that like a white fish salad mm. has um although again i'm getting my selection currently from trader joe's they do have some smoked canned <laughs> fish varieties that you could actually make like that similar like white fish salad so actually that has i'm going to make a mental note so i can actually put that to work in the kitchen next time. Yeah. Interesting. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what works great too as a fish substitute if you're looking for like tinned items to make a salad is um, beans, like white beans or chickpeas or something. You just kind of mash and mix in ingredients like you would with a with a tuna salad or something to that effect and it it works really good. FYI. Yeah, that's a great idea. I've done that yeah. actually I've I've used like the white beans um, in a like I can't really call it a tabbouleh once I start adding in all these other random things, right? Because I'm kind of like bastardizing it. But in my mind, it's just the quicker way to kind of refer to it. But just, you know, a really herby salad and I'll throw in whatever kind of protein base. Um, and if it's, you know, a vegetarian option, um, like beans or, or things like that would be, I, I love that. Like chickpeas are really great in there. And then I feel a little bit yeah. better still calling it a tabbouleh because then it's like chickpeas and and tabbouleh. It's from the right region. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of where I come at it from. Uh, oh, man. The best yeah. vegan sandwich I've ever had in my life actually was up in Fullerton, ironically, um, where I just was. Um, it was a curried chickpea salad sandwich. So kind of like a funny twist on a chicken salad sandwich, but a vegan version with the chickpeas. It was so good. I still think about that sandwich. It had to be like seven years ago eight years ago like this was a long time ago but I've never been able to replicate it um because it had that creaminess and just the right mouthfeel 
and the perfect amount of that kind of sweet, spicy yellow curry. So I don't know. Have you guys ever tried making like curried chickpea sandwiches? Do you have any tips? I, I just use the canned and I use a potato masher or a fork and light, lightly mash them. So you're breaking them a little bit, but you're not doing too much. And um, what I'll do you mix mayonnaise. in there? Mayonnaise or like olive oil because you always need a fat, right? And whatever seasoning. Um, I did a recipe for some sort of like CBS radio thing a while ago. It was a vegan challenge and I did a bean salad sandwich. So I had like added... Um, I added vegan mayonnaise and green onions and some mustard. And when you mix it all up, it gets mm. creamy. But you can, mm. you know how flexible those profiles are. Like if you wanted the, the curry flavor, then you add your curry spice, whichever preference you have for that. I'm sure garam masala or something like that might be lovely. The only thing I hate about curry is that I feel like it needs to be um, cooked first. Like you can't just take, do you guys get that feeling? Like I get heart burn with some of the mm. spices if you don't cook them first um, I guess it depends on the on the blend right right because yeah. like yeah. curry powder curry the curry powder I'm talking about is not even Indian it's it's that it's probably British yellow part. curry yeah. like sweet mm -hmm. spice blend and, and I guarantee um, and I love Indian curry too but the, this is a very particular flavor you know I would I would guess that they were mocking the Queen's Coronation chicken salad. So if you look up a recipe for that, you'll probably be able to remake your own version with some chickpeas. Mm. <laughs> and that has the that curry flavor in it mm -hmm. as well, you're saying? I never even knew that. Yeah. Well, here's a major, majorly contentious question. When you guys have either chicken salad or a vegan version of it, whatever... Do you like a fruit in your chicken salad? I love this question. I like literally am dying because I love this question so much. Sometimes. I mean, if you have it, why not? I, what well, fruit? What fruit? Grapes <laughs> or apple. Red or green? Um, either or. I think uh, probably mm -hmm. red just because I like the color contrast. Um, but uh, apples are, are good too in that chicken salad. But. I don't know anything that's kind of bulking it up and i love the contrast of the sweet sometimes you know the the textures the different crunches you get within there um i also love adding sunflower seeds or those little kind mm. of um chopped things that add just a little extra extra crunch and flavor it's kind of exciting yeah i love that you brought this question up felicia because you're right i do think it's contentious i think it's funny that maria right away was like of course like whatever you know i've got on hand i also feel the same way like i love sweet and savory together but i do know out there there's like people that like literally just die thinking of that combination um in They're a bad way out. They, yeah that's what out. i think but i mean i also think you know they they got their own you know flavor preferences and stuff but i'm with you i love the grapes i like apple um, another, I also, if I don't have grapes, but I have like raisins, I know probably some people would cringe at thinking of that, but I mean, they're just dried grapes. So it's the same in my mind. It's like, it's just that sweet, like counter to that creamy, like savoriness of the, of the salad. So I, oh, well, that I, upsets me actually, like the, the grapes, like the raisins, like that. That gave me like a reaction, like a visceral reaction. Oh my goodness. Wow. I haven't but, like, had a when problem you think with about that, it. Though. 
it, they're just grapes. They're I just mean, dried I, grapes. No, I, you're so right. You're totally right. But there's something, maybe it's a textural thing. Mm. I don't know. But I'm like, whoa. And I'm pretty flexible on the fruit in it too. Yeah. I like, um, I've had it with raspberries in there oh. and it was really good. Um, wow. as long as it's a little bit sweet. Um, yeah, I love it. But yeah, the, the raisins, like I shuddered. Maybe I it's like such shuddered. an old school thing. Like, cause actually yeah. as I say it, I can almost picture kind of like those really mayonnaise um, chicken salads, but it like, again, mine's not really yeah. mayonnaise. So it's not, um, like I guess Very in my, mid-century. in my, um, combination it works, but I could see, yeah. Like, like I said, like on paper, people probably like, what? Like, but again, I could probably convince you into it if I made well, you. Well, you know what? I've never <laughs> eaten anything of yours that I didn't like. So I believe oh, that's it. Sweet. I think you could change my mind. And, Correct. you know, I think it also depends on the quality of the raisin. I'm not Absolutely. a big fan of, like, the shriveled little black ones that we grew up with. But um, I just got some, actually, for a cheese board this weekend at, at, again, the Persian market. And they were giant, like, huge, gorgeous red and yellow and orange and a few black mm. um, mm-hmm. whatever raisins. I mean, it was, like, a different experience yeah. it was so beautiful talking about it i kind of want to try it with barberries i was just gonna say currants dried currants oh yeah really and they're not common but they're they're very they're very much from like mediterranean middle eastern type right am i wrong yeah um, thank you for bringing so that good. up maria because i feel like that's that's why i did the raisins because that is a common thing is mm-hmm. that you'll see currants in a in a chicken salad yeah, so, that was, I, I have no reaction that I have done with that. It's so good. I'm cool. <laughs> That's really funny. So I think it's the the word raisin specifically that you had the reaction to because, um, yeah, because it's just really funny like that. But I was also going to say with the raisins and, and kind of under the same thing you were saying about them not being like those dried ones, if you soak them in like, basically make like a little pickling liquid and have them kind of sitting off to the side while you're making the rest of the salad. It's really wow. another great way. And it rehydrates Ooh, yeah. them so they're not, like, dried and, mm-hmm. and tough. And um, I do that with, like, also barberries, too, um, if one I'm of, yeah, using nice. those. One of my – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. One no, of my no. favorite Otolenghi recipes is, like, a – it's a really simple couscous salad. But um, you have you, – you rehydrate your golden raisins, mm-hmm. um, lots of herbs, some slivered almonds, lemon, couscous, and then you toss it all Yum. together. It's so, so good because you have the savory yeah. and the sweet and the, you know, when you rehydrate those grapes, they're a little plump. Anyways. And see, the golden raisins, I have no reaction to. I think I have like <laughs> childhood trauma from like the little raisinettes. I like, think it's the visual too because like they're like little black, like, yeah. you know, shriveled things. So well, they even think... have that kid dessert, like ants on a log mm-hmm. which like combines two of my exact- least favorite things you know mm-hmm. one thing i the- never got yeah was the celery and the peanut butter with the raisin like i could do the celery and the peanut butter but the raisin was just like oh why it's just a sweetener <laughs> it's just like a little sweetening agent that's it like might as well put some honey on there i'm just kidding i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh man but this is giving me all kinds of ideas like imagine the kind of thanksgiving sandwich you could make with some chopped up turkey the cranberries like craisins you don't, you don't oh do yeah that the craisins mm-hmm. see this is great i'm so glad we're exploring this topic because i, I for, first of all forgot about all these great combinations like you're saying and then all these dried fruits that we have on hand all the time that we can like mix and match with stuff 
Yes. You guys, you guys need to make the um, the famous friends version, like the turkey, the leftover Thanksgiving sandwich, where you smear the stuffing and the cranberry on the bread with the gravy and the turkey and the. Nah, it's been a while since I've done it myself, but it's really yeah. Good. Well, there is a restaurant in San Diego that year round has a Thanksgiving turkey sandwich, and it is actually one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. Which I didn't it? believe it. My husband's Kuwaiti friend took him there and made him order it. Ah. And he then took me. He was like, no, I'm telling you this sandwich. Unreal. They they make, um, it's like a garlic aioli instead of mayonnaise. And then a cranberry chutney. Huge piles of this turkey on thick, like fresh baked bread. It's a dream. It's actually at Extraordinary Desserts. No um, way. Yeah. It's on their permanent lunch menu, and I never thought I would give a crap about a turkey sandwich. This sandwich is serious. It's amazing. You know, I always feel like that about everything at Extraordinary Desserts. Like, it's like, oh, cookie (laughs) dough. What? How good could cookie dough be? But damn, if that cookie dough isn't worth every penny, because it's not cheap at all. You know, you're paying like a dollar or more a cookie. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's so good. I just have a hard time deciding. That's my biggest complaint. Is yeah. That I, there's so many choices and maybe it's like then you get one and you must have like, you know, order envy and you look over at somebody else and you're like, oh, I want that. So it's, I mean, they've got that like visual presentation down. I mean, oh, you yeah. just like talk about eating with your eyes. It's really, really just gorgeous, gorgeous food. And I'm, now I'm going to get that turkey sandwich because actually I live around the corner from an extraordinary nice. desserts. And I feel like I've heard you mention this sandwich before and it's kind of been like in the back of my brain and I, I conveniently forgot about it. But now I don't have an excuse and I've got to go, I got to get that. Are there things you absolutely refuse to um, like eat from outside? Cause you just, do you have, do you have anything Maria that you just won't in eat out? In general? Yeah, I've had I've had far too. And I think I think one of the biggest annoyances in my last relationship was we would often go out to eat and I would be like, oh, I could make this better at home. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't I don't know, like, you know, because I I like what I cook at home. Um, Nowadays, everything is so simplified. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still like going out to eat. It's a hard question. It's still, but it's still, like, do you guys experience that where you go out and you're like, meh, Oh, I, I could have done time. better with this. Yeah. 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 But that's Definitely. why there are but- certain categories of food that like, all right, let me give you an example. Like I love banana cream pie or not banana cream pie, not banana cream pie. Um, What is it where you layer it with Nilla wafers? Um, banana pudding. Uh-huh. Okay. P- oh, did you hear about the new banana pudding place? Yes, oh, I yeah. have. And I almost feel like, like, in see, here's the thing. I've had great versions of it out, but it is like the easiest thing in the world to make. So I'm also kind of like offended at myself at the idea of like going and buying it. Cause it's like, this is a packet of, you know, dried pudding. Like I could make this in two seconds. Like, why am I going to buy this? Unless, unless he was actually going to the extent of making a fresh, shrill, I don't know. It's called extraordinary banana pudding, so maybe it oh, is. Yeah. But also I they've done things like out. they've changed it. There's like, like they did fancy versions. I don't want it fancy. 
I just want the the good old fashioned plain. Yeah, and that that's where I've gotten really disappointed before is when I have like this idea in my mind of this classic thing I want to eat, and I get a fancy version. I'm like, nope, that's not no. it. I mean, there are certain things that I'm just not gonna make at home. You know, like a like a chicken pot pie, for example. <laughs> I don't because I can't think of anything else. But that's so labor intensive, and I'm such a lazy cook these days. Like I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go somewhere that does it right, and I'm gonna indulge. Like if that's what I want. Yeah. I don't know. I feel yeah. Yeah. For me, it would be shakshuka actually, and I yes. know it's become really. We've yes. talked We've about that right? like, together and been yeah. offended by it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even that it's like you said, it's not a difficult dish to make. And that's another reason why I kind of hate myself when I order it out is because I'm like, I literally could have just made this at home and I would have been happier and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that, that dish for me, I've just, I've kind of like put the kibosh on, like I won't order it out in the, in the States when, yeah. when I'm visiting family and stuff back in um, Tel Aviv or in Israel, then that's where I enjoy it out and about. But otherwise, it's a great dish to make at home. And anybody have plans for what they're making, you know, this coming week or if they're going out anywhere special? I know, um, Felicia, you've mentioned previously that like once the gyms and things open, you are going to start eating out again. And I know that in San Diego, they have opened. So do you have any plans to oh, eat out? Our gym hasn't. Oh, or it has, but it's so restrictive. We haven't been able to get in there, gotcha. but I did. I broke my, I broke my rule already because my brother and his wife were in town and they well, couldn't. Well, it's been three months, so I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't <laughs> leave without, um, the fish taco from Oscars. So oh, yeah. we went over there and feasted on, on fish tacos and it was super great. You get the smoked fish taco there? The smoked scallop Methy taco. Methy does. He loves the oh. smoked fish taco. Me, I just like their classic. Or the grilled. And their grilled were super spicy this week. And it was delicious. But... Oh, it's amazing. So, it's amazing. Well, we had a great oh, time. Olivia, you went to Mike's Taco Club. I saw you said that, right? I did. And honestly, that if I hadn't gone yesterday, it would have been like uh, something I needed to go to this coming week. But I just happened mm-hmm. to be an OB yesterday and um, went to Mike's Taco Club. There wasn't too long of a line, but it had been months since I've had it. And I'm telling you, it's one of my just all-time favorites. It's consistently good if you haven't been. What's your go-to order? Yeah, so I I love to get their burritos there. Their tacos are great too, but their burritos are exceptional, especially because of their tortilla. But um, I got the California burrito. I just went all in. I just, I couldn't deny myself any longer. You only live once. Yeah, you only live once. And theirs is great because it actually comes with everything that I have to, like, usually add in at other places. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to, like, add in guacamole. And I thought it was, like, that was included by definition, it, isn't it? You would think Carne asada, it should French be. fries, and guacamole. It mm-hmm. should be, but it's not always the case. So, so or, or it's Blasphemy. just the kind. I know. So, <laughs> this spot, I mean, I literally don't do any substitutes i don't do anything different i just order it as is and theirs comes with a great pico de gallo that's got like tons of fresh herbs Mm. and it just it tastes it's great all the proportions are right the tortilla is like thin and chewy and they they toast it up just right on the on the plancha and it's like i've never been there maybe i need to i haven't i need to go get a burrito now it's worth it it's a great it's just like a little hole in the wall spot right at the very end of newport avenue right before you get to the beach. And I will say, I thought it was ironic that another, I saw in line, another food media person. 
there Ooh. as well. So I thought that's kind of ironic, like from two different, you know, um, food publications, you know, to have people like seeking out this spot. So I was like, I felt like, you know, not Smart. like you need that to justify liking something, but I just thought it was kind of ironic and kind of funny um, of all the places in San Diego to run into somebody um, was there. So that was, wow. that was the best, the best burrito yesterday. So what are you looking forward <laughs> to eating this, this week, Maria? I crock pot, I crock potted a bunch of um, ground beef last week with um, taco seasoning. And then we get these organic blue corn taco shells and um, I mean, we love tacos and they're, they're better than like going out anywhere. They're so old school, you know, with the crispy boxed taco shell, um, <laughs> but they're blue corn, organic tortilla ones. And they're really good. Um, I grew up so, on those too. And I wonder like, where did that come from? This whole idea of like the, it's basically a tortilla chip that you put your taco filling. I think in. it was like, you know, the, the like eighties, um, and, and being from Minnesota, that was the version of Mexican food when I was first introduced to it up there. Um, kind of like that eighties Taco Bell kit style taco. I don't know how to describe it. Mine is better than any version I've I've always thought of it tasted. kind of almost like, you know, like you, when you, you go to a, a, a restaurant sometimes they have like the fried tacos, like a crispy taco. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To me, it's always kind of like the commercialized version of that. Of course, they don't, they're not like interchangeable, but like, I feel no. like that's where the thinking came from, whoever yeah. decided to and manufacture we know, them. Well, growing up in we, San Diego, though, you probably never had those, did you? No, we did at home. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Because at the store, you could you just get those. You yeah, know, they're perfectly formed. You you have taco night. You fill it up with the ground beef. I mean, it was like mm -hmm. that. It was like ultra Americanized um, fast yeah. food Mexican. I don't know at what home. ever happened to it though. It's like that happened in my childhood and then never again. It just disappeared. And you're just not doing it. You're no, not I'm not. It. And I'm, but my family doesn't do it. Like I feel like I haven't seen anybody do it. So I'm actually because glad you reminded me. That sounds delicious. Yeah, there's we I I was reminded of it like maybe two years ago and then it was just it was so good. I was like, what's wrong with this? You know, because I think maybe people when tacos really evolved in the United States and um, became a thing that we now glorify and love and appreciate that trashy taco got kind of pushed off to the side and. Um, you know what? It's still good. It's still really good. I think I'm sure we could deep dive into this topic um, another time for sure. Or I know I've read about, you know, the, the yes. start of Taco Bell. Yeah. And, you know, there was actually a restaurant across the street that they were kind of they kind of started like copying mm -hmm. and they were doing a hard shell taco. I mean, that's also another thing I think of Taco Bell when I think of the hard shell tacos. Um, I mean, I'm sure true. we could do a whole season on tacos. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think we'll, next we'll week, maybe we should have a chat about tacos. Maybe our assignment Absolutely. this week should be to go eat some tacos, rolled, yes. crispy, soft. and I'd be down with that. I love it. I think that's I will... a, great, a great note to leave off on with that assignment. All I'll right. See, see what we come up with. Well, it was great talking to you guys. Absolutely. You have a good week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Modern Casserole. You can find our show notes at moderncasserole.com with links, photos, and recipes from this week's episode. Subscribe today on our website and everywhere podcasts are available.